welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a life coach, certified ultra running coach, and high altitude mountaineer. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like an athlete so you can reach that summit, hike that hike, or finish that trail race. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, endurance training will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Hey friends, how you doing? How is 2023 treating you so far? I'm recording this on January 2nd, so you'll hear it later. But right now, 2023, it feels very fresh still. And it's always interesting to look back at the previous year, so 2022 in this case. And in a lot of ways, 2022 was like one of the hardest years of my life. There's just been a lot going on with like family, grief, loss, like so much happening. And at the same time, I hate to write it off as a terrible year because in many ways, it really was an amazing year. When I look back at 2022, some of the things I'm most proud of are what I've built in my business in this year. And for those of you who have started a business, you'll completely understand this. And those of you who are maybe thinking about building a business, this is what you get to look forward to. The first year is tough. It is a lot of just making mistakes, failures, trying things that don't work, putting things out there that just aren't necessarily received well. And it is takes a lot of mental fortitude to get through the first year. I, I've built three businesses now. This is the third one. And this one has certainly not been any different. And what I'm most proud of myself for in this year is just keeping going. In fact, that's my mantra through the first year of these businesses. Like no matter what happens, no matter how I stuff up, I'm always just like, it's okay. I love you. Keep going. (laughs) And yeah, so I kept going this whole year, no matter what life threw at me. And now it's really fun to sit here a year later and be like, I kind of feel like I'm exhaling, like a weight is lifting, like I know what I'm doing now, like my marketing is working, like people are demanding my work and resonating with my message. I've got plenty of clients. It's it's so much fun working with them. They're, they're dream clients, like people I really adore working with. I had to go through the rough year to get to this point, and it just feels so satisfying on the other side. So let's get into what we're going to talk about today. This is perfect for the new year. We're going to talk about getting unstuck in 2023. And Later this month, for those of you who are listening in real time in January 2023, I'm actually going to be running a free five-day challenge to help you get unstuck in 2023. So I'll tell you more about that at the end, but I also thought I'd preview some of what I'm going to be teaching in the challenge right here on the podcast, because I think this is such powerful stuff. I think that some of these concepts are really world-altering, mind-bending, life-changing, so why don't we just talk about them right here? And when we're talking about the idea of being stuck, what do we mean? So for the purpose of this podcast, for my challenge, I'm talking about being stuck in any area of your life, just resonating with the thought, I'm stuck. And you might be stuck in a habit, maybe overeating, overdrinking, You might be stuck in a relationship, so feeling like you're not sure you want to be there, but also not sure you want to leave. 
you might be stuck in inaction. Maybe you have goals, but you're not taking the steps that you planned for yourself to achieve those goals and maybe stuck without results. So maybe you can't move the needle, whether it comes to making money, feeling better emotionally, losing weight, running faster. You're just not seeing the improvement that you want to see. So why are we stuck? I would say the number one reason that people feel stuck is that they just don't have their decision-making skills fully clicking, fully on point. And that might sound kind of strange, but bear with me. I want you to think about your goals for 2023. You probably have some. And I want you to think of your goal as the container for all your decisions. So for example, if you have a goal to lose weight, there's a lot of decisions that go along with that. What program are you going to follow? Are you going to use a tracking app? How are you going to change what you eat? When are you going to eat? Will you be meal prepping? Are there certain foods you'll avoid? Will you drink alcohol? When? Under what circumstances? There's so many decisions once you start thinking about it, right? That just come with that simple goal. And I think a lot of people get really excited when they set the goal. It's kind of a dopamine hit. You're like, yeah, this is the year. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And then (laughs) when you have to make and hold the decisions... That's where people just, not that it's necessarily hard or they're lazy or they're, which we always tell ourselves that, right? If we're not holding a decision, we're just weak, we're lazy. When really holding a decision really is a skill. And a lot of us have not been taught that skill, have not had had opportunities to practice that skill. And When I'm talking about decisions, know that some of them can be obvious. So for example, with weight loss, obviously we know we have to maybe exercise more, eat less, like how are we gonna do that? And open decisions, unmade decisions can also, they can be subtle in some cases. So maybe they show up as confusion, spinning around, not knowing where to go, feeling overwhelmed or ruminating on the same thoughts. And sometimes the decision point isn't obvious. We don't even realize that this is a, a situation that could be fixed with a decision. So a great example of that, I live in Denver, Colorado. I've been in Denver for about 20 years. And lately, the past like five years, I've been thinking I really want to move somewhere else. And it's just crowded here. It's busy here. I've done all the things. I'm kind of over it, ready for something new, fresh, exciting, change of scene. However, because I'm a family caretaker, I also feel a certain obligation to stay here, at least, you know, as long as I'm in that role. And what this was showing up like in my life was just endless ruminating, like thoughts like, I'm stuck. I hate it here. I want to leave. When can I leave? Is this forever? How long is this going to last? Like, just like to the point of torment, like thoughts and thoughts and thoughts in my head. And how I solved for that was just like one day, I was like, what if I decided to stay for another year? And then when these thoughts come, I can just be like, nope, nope, decision is made. We're here for a year. I'll, I'll see you next year. Maybe we'll we'll look at this again. So yeah, I, I sat down, I wrote down 
the thought, I will stay here in Denver until this date. And then I really wrote down all the ways that holding that decision would look. So for example, I had kind of been not investing in friendships here as much as I might have if I was planning to live here for the next few years. I had kind of been maybe avoiding people, not keeping up with people. And I'm like, okay, if I'm here for a year, I am just gonna, you know, spend all the time with my friends and the people that I love that I can. I'm really going to invest in those friendships. And it, it showed up in my house too. There were some things in my house that needed to get fixed. And I was like, well, I'm going to sell it at some point. I'm, I'm just going to live with it, even if it's uncomfortable. And once I made that decision, I was like, no, no, we're going we're to make the house nice, make it livable, make it pleasant, because I'm going to be here. And I'm here for at least a year. So you can kind of see how making the decision really can impact all areas of your life and just kind of bring calm and peace to your mind if you can spot that decision point. So how do you know when there's a decision? Sometimes it's really obvious, right? Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna lose weight. You know, what am I gonna eat? I, ha I have to make some changes. So the decision is right in front of you. And even when the decision is obvious, we can still run into problems like putting it off or maybe we decide, but we can't hold it. We keep, we keep um, doing things that we said we had decided not to do. So for example, if you've decided to eat according to a certain protocol, maybe you don't stick to it. Another one, this one comes up for me all the time, is wishing that someone else would decide or wanting permission from other people to make your own decisions. So I had to make a decision earlier this year that I knew was really going to upset a friend of mine. And I really had all these fantasies where I would go to her and talk about it and just kind of maybe manipulate her a little bit and like plead my case and guilt her and hopefully get permission from her to make the decision rather than just standing on my own two feet and being like, nope, I know that this is hard on you, but this is the right decision for me. Another thing that comes up for those of you who are perfectionists, worrying about making the wrong decision, wanting to know the right answer. And one thing we're gonna talk about a little bit later in this podcast, and also a lot in the challenge, is what if there are no right answers? And what if there are no wrong answers? What if the right answer is the answer you make right? Crazy concept, right? If your brain just exploded, just hold that thought for a few minutes and yeah, we'll talk more about it. So another one, another kind of mind drama that can come up is not wanting to be responsible. Those of you me, who are people pleasers, can relate to this one. What if we make a decision, it makes someone mad, or we just get bad results, and then we get blamed for those, and then we have negative emotions about those? It can be really tough to think about that happening, and it can keep us stuck. It can keep us in inaction. So let's shift and talk a little bit about those subtle decisions where there's no obvious decision point, but we still feel stuck. So what are some signs that maybe Maybe there's a decision that needs to be made, even if it's not obvious to us. One sign is feeling overwhelmed. 
Another spinning in confusion. Another the thought, I'm stuck, feeling stuck, whatever that emotion is for you. It can also show up in your results. Let's say you have a goal, you're trying lots of things, but you're just not getting results. You're not moving forward in the way that you want to be. And again, that rumination, thinking the same thing. I dread serving on this committee. I hate living in Denver. Whatever it is for you that just comes up and won't stop poking you, nudging you, invading into your thoughts. It might just be happening because you haven't made a decision yet. So before we talk about what works, let's talk about what doesn't work. Number one, procrastinating, (laughs) just kicking the decision down the road. That's almost the definition of being stuck, right? You know there's a decision and for whatever reason, you're not making it. Another thing that doesn't work is just allowing yourself to indulge, as we say, in emotions like confusion overwhelm, self-pity. Sometimes these emotions pretend to be useful. Sometimes they convince us that they're protecting us from something like maybe failure, but really they're just keeping us stuck. I mentioned this one before, hoping someone else will decide waiting for someone else to decide, even like kind of manipulating the situation so that another person decides. When you give up responsibility for your own life and kind of hand it over to other people, it's a great way to keep yourself stuck. It takes a lot of courage to look inside and be like, hey, I know what is right for me. And that really is my job fundamentally to make good decisions for myself because no one else can do it for me, even if they wanted to. And then finally, last thing, that doesn't work, trying to figure out the right decisions. This can take the form of endless information gathering. It's actually a form of perfectionism. Whenever you have a question, for example, about meal prepping, maybe you feel some resistance for whatever reason about getting started. So instead of actually trying it, and maybe it doesn't turn out that wonderful, you're endlessly on the internet looking for recipes, watching YouTube videos, shopping for meal prep containers, kind of doing everything that's going to protect you from making a mistake, from doing it wrong, from wasting your time, from going through this very natural process that we all have to go through in order to learn a new thing, to get better at it. And this is actually a form of procrastination, right? A lot of times what's behind procrastination is anxiety, is fear of not doing it perfectly. None of us likes to think about failing. Probably none of us get really excited about that, but really all the good stuff in life, all the stuff you want, fundamentally, is on the other side of failure. So it really is important that we manage our minds and get to a point where we can allow ourselves to fail so that we can learn, so that we can get better and just stop making up stories that failure means something terrible about us and really learning that it is all part of the process. So why do we keep doing this stuff that doesn't work? It's because our brain is very tricky and it likes to tell us thoughts like, deciding is scary. Deciding closes options and closing options is bad. For a lot of people, committing to a course of action means maybe letting go of something that 
while it's not the best course, also seems good. And that can feel really scary. I see this a lot when people are trying to choose a training plan. They're trying to find the best one, the right one. And and often, and I tell my clients this all the time, most training plans actually work. It's You're going to have to like try really hard to follow a training plan that makes you worse, unless it's from some idiot. I mean, those do exist too. But most of the things that I recommend that are in published books that are from reputable sites, they will work. So now you just really, at some point, have to choose and let the rest go. And that can be really hard because very rarely is there one that has all the things you like. People tell themselves that there's a wrong decision. We're a very right and wrong society. Like we probably all had Susie know-it-all in our class who always had the right answer and her little hand was always up and she's always in the best reading group and she's very much rewarded for being right. But research shows us that being right all the time is not actually great for kids, that actually having to work through complex problems that require some failing, some questioning, some problem solving is actually way better for them than the way we actually teach children in school, which is very much like rewarding the right answer, punishing the wrong answer. Your brain can also say to you, it's safer for someone else to decide. Someone else knows better. This can show up as not trusting ourselves, not owning our inner authority. We can say to ourselves, I don't want to be responsible for the outcome. It might make other people feel bad. It might make them angry. I might be angry at myself. Sometimes that's the hardest one, thinking about the feelings we might feel if we're quote unquote wrong. this all adds up to a thought that it's really safer not to decide, that it's it's maybe safer to be sitting in procrastination, waiting to see if the situation magically resolves itself, which brings us to the good stuff. What are the thoughts that we really need to learn, need to practice, need to cultivate, really assimilate into our being so they're part of our DNA? that make decision-making and taking action and committing to a course of action easier. So I'm just gonna give you a few right here that I find super helpful. The first one is, there is no right or wrong answer. The thought that there is a right answer, it's really just a thought in our head. And if you're someone who, like myself, has has struggled in life with black and white thinking, this can be really hard to swallow. With my own coach, we really dove into the whole idea of what is right, what is wrong, how do you know, can you absolutely know that a decision is right, what makes it right. And by going around and around and asking and answering so many questions, really what I've really come to the conclusion of and feel deep down in my soul is the right answer is the answer that I make right. And really, I can do that with any decision and not let my mind pull me back into drama and be telling me, oh, but what about this other thing? And maybe you should have thought about this once it's made. I make it the right decision, and I don't do a whole lot of questioning or dancing around or mind drama about it. So there's no right or wrong answer. The universe is not going to send you a certified letter to tell you, congratulations, you've made the right decision, or sorry, this was the wrong decision. It's just the decision that you decide to make right. 
Another thought that's been really powerful for me is that decisiveness saves energy, it brings peace, it creates this quiet mind that really is the basis of everything else we do as far as taking action, as far as reaching our goals, solving the problems that we need to solve on the way there. Having a quiet mind helps you on every step of the journey. And the way that we do that is to really quiet down a lot of these thoughts, these ruminating thoughts that keep coming back to us because we haven't made decisions, because we have a lot of open decisions. So anytime making decisions feels difficult or anytime I just have a lot of noise in my mind, I really come back to this idea that it's a thought error to believe that making decisions is hard, that it's going to upset me, that it's going to bother me, that I'm not going to be able to hold it. Really what the truth is, is that it's going to bring tremendous peace and presence and purposefulness and save me a ton of energy and also that it really is the best way to get unstuck. Another thing that I alluded to earlier is this whole idea that confusion and overwhelm are what we call indulgent emotions. They pretend to be useful. They pretend to be protecting us from ourselves, from our bad decisions, from failure, when really they're just keeping us stuck. And really, when we talk about allowing emotions, feeling emotions. You've probably heard me talk about that before on the podcast. And it also, I think, is a big part of holding our decisions. We have to really be okay with some negative emotion and be able to sit in that and allow that to be there without being a problem, without making it mean anything about us, without judgment. So for emotions like grief, for example, it's really important that we feel that and just kind of let it be there. Let it be there without guilt process it, give ourselves all the time we need before we start taking action. So that's an example of an emotion that it's really healthy to process. However, it's not healthy to process all the emotions. I probably don't say this enough. Overwhelm, confusion, guilt. These are all emotions that pretend to be necessary that really aren't. It really is okay to be a little bit strict with our brain and be like, nope, nope, nope. Guilt, self-pity, overwhelm, confusion. We're just not doing them. Allowing them actually moves us backward instead of forward. So recognizing that is a really important part of getting unstuck. Another way I like to think of decisions, decisions are boundaries. They create boundaries with ourselves, which I think a lot of us don't have a lot of practice having. If, for example, you have a hard time setting things in your calendar that you're going to do this task at this time, if you have a hard time holding that commitment, if you have a hard time obeying yourself, that really is a case of just having kind of poor boundaries with yourself. You kind of let your lower survival brain run the show rather than managing your mind, and you using it to create discipline, to create purpose, to bring structure to your own life. And what I don't want you to do is to use this against yourself. If you recognize yourself maybe not always having the greatest boundaries with yourself, that's okay. Again, no one has ever really sat us down in kindergarten and been like, hey, your lower brain is going to want to do things that maybe are not terribly useful or productive, that aren't going to take you where you want to go. Here's how you 
noticed that here's how you use your higher brain, your cerebral cortex, the best computer, the best supercomputer, the best machine in the world, just to override all that noise from the lower brain so that you can actually get yourself where you want to go. No one teaches us this. I don't know why. We learn all kinds of stuff that in school I've never used again. Ohio history, calculus, but no one really teaches us how to have boundaries with ourselves and honor them. So really, really important skill to learn, to practice, even to know it exists, I think is so helpful. Another thought that really helps us get unstuck by being decisive is this one. This is so important. It's safe to trust myself over other people. There is a whole patriarchy, a whole economic system, a whole system of marketing and capitalism that really depends on you not believing yourself, not trusting yourself, not trusting your own reality, that in some cases is actually actively gaslighting you to not believe it. And anytime we try to, as children, like embrace our own authority, often that's not appreciated or we be, we're trouble or we're a rule breaker and that's not a good thing to be. As adults, we have such a hard time trusting ourselves and knowing our own minds, knowing our own hearts. And one of the wonderful things I think about doing this work is just learning to come home to yourself and just tuning into yourself better, asking yourself, like, what do I need? What do I want? What's my truth? And finally, thoughts that help you get unstuck. One of them is constraint helps me get results faster. We definitely fall into this thought error when we're trying to make a decision that we need more information. What if you actually need less information? I think this is so magical. It just takes everything you think you know and flips it on its head. So an example of constraint, whenever I'm shopping, I only buy clothes online. I buy them from two websites. It definitely makes my decision-making easy, cuts down the time I spend in decision simply because there are fewer options, because I really value my time and just having time for other things and to live my life. Another place I do it is with my news. I used to be one of these people that was kind of a news junkie and watching all the channels and watching Rachel Maddow. And and that's gone. I have two podcasts that I listen to that kind of give a summary of the news. They're both dailies. And that's it. I don't even listen to both of them every day. And they're both fairly short. Yeah, it just saves me so much time, so much mental energy. So yeah, those are the thoughts that really can help with feeling stuck, with getting unstuck, with making faster decisions, with sticking to decisions. And if you really have enjoyed this and wanna dive deeper into this work, I really invite you, assuming you're listening in January of 2023, to join my five-day challenge, which starts on January 16th, a Monday. And what's gonna happen? We're gonna have live teaching every day. I'm gonna dive into these concepts even deeper, break them down, put them in order for you, make them nice and actionable so you can follow them. You're actually gonna get a workbook so that you're able to do your homework every day. Also on these calls, if you feel very courageous and would like to get coached live, there will be an opportunity to do that. And if you don't feel quite like you want to be coached live, that's okay too. 
I think it's so helpful to watch other people get coached. I always learn so much. I, we're all working on the same shit, right? <laughs> the same five problems is my joke that I tell my clients, but it really is true. We're also going to have a mindfulness session on, and I think it's going to be Thursday night. I still have to schedule it. So it's a chance to come learn some breath work, learn some guided meditation, practice just feeling into our bodies and kind of feeling, seeing if we can really get to our truth, get to our answers, get to what feels right for us deep down in our soul so that we can use that to inform our decision making. This is all free, by the way. This is amazing. You get six hours of me for free and the sign up link. If you just can't wait to sign up, it's in the show notes. So get yourself in there. Come and join us. And yeah, I'm going to wrap it up right here again. Wishing you an amazing new year. I will see you next Wednesday. Until then, go get it.